0: Uncommon sense advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. It seems like everybody and his son or daughter wants to be a writer. I remember going into a taxi cab once, and for the hell of it, I asked the cab driver, I said, "Uh, so what are you writing these days? The cab driver says, how do you know I'm a writer? Everybody is a writer. Well, I'm sitting with a fellow writer. I'm addicted to writing. I'll introduce you to him in he's my friend Bipin Aurora Bippin Aurora so he's going to read 15 minutes worth his sh- a short story called The Bill and um I thought it would be fun because I do like to write short stories because I knew he was going to be on this is an Indian guy that I thought I would yesterday I cranked out a short story about an Indian guy and so then I'm going to read mine which is shorter about six minutes and uh, and hopefully get us inside the world of what it's like to be a starving artist starving writer so bippen when was the first moment you thought you might want to be a writer i think
1: it was in my mid-20s when i was surrounded by papers like the new york times the washington post uh non-stop overwhelming of other people's success stories And the question came up, who am I, what am I, what do I add up? And so my writing wasn't anything I ever wanted to do as a child or growing up. It was as a reaction to this, the culture of success that is America.
0: Most people don't know who they are, before you wrote or after. Do you know who you are? I think
1: I have a much better sense of who I am. Who are you? I am a person who is trying to share his thoughts on uh, what is going on, whether or not anyone is interested that's the really interesting part most writers end up having
0: to write for themselves they want an audience they fantasize about an audience but they realize that the reality is you're probably not going to get much of an audience if any and you keep writing anyway why do you keep writing anyway
1: because i wouldn't know what else to do it is a compulsion some people are compelled to do it from within and so me too you got something you're thinking about writing now or writing now i'm always writing and most of the stories are about India, the United, or America, how, what is what, who fits in into India, who fits into America, into this changing world? Does anybody fit in at all? Do you fit in, in America or India better?
0: In what ways do you fit better in one or the other? I
1: don't think I fit in in, I- in either. I may have fit in, in India when I was younger, but the India of today is a lot like America. It's a culture of success. It's uh, obsessed with success stories and uh, the new technology, the newer generation. Uh, Ninety percent of India is under, or seventy percent of India is under thirty years old, mm. uh, and about ninety-five percent of it is now younger than I am, and it's a new India. So you're implying you don't fit anywhere. A lot of people say that, but yes, I, in my case, I think that is definitely true. And how does that make you feel? as the risk of sounding like a shrink? It's just, so, just something one has to deal with. That's the way it is, and you know, you face the usual choices. What do I do? Not do? Commit suicide? Right? Uh, be obsessed with success like others are or just stay true to myself and do whatever it is that guides me from within of course suicide is the most interesting of them what what would make you commit suicide or what make what would make you not commit suicide I think the usual Hamlet questions what's on the other side and the uncertainty of that I mean we are allowed if we don't like a job we can quit the job don't like an apartment we can quit the apartment don't like a country move to another But it's this world whether or not we like it that we are not allowed to exit or we're afraid of exiting because of what's on the other side what's you know i'm this atheist
0: i think i'm just going to get eaten by the worms so i'm not going to get into you know afterlife or reincarnation speaking of india but assuming you're going to stick around a while what's your reason to stick around for a while
1: to keep writing and hope that people i have been writing for decades and hope that more people come across my work because I it is coming from within me and uh I think it deserves to be shared it deserves to be heard I think you can see why Bippin is my
0: friend he's a thoughtful deep person whom I like and that's I've had no guests those of you who are who either watched my 1500 podcast uh, YouTubes or I've never had a guest but he's a friend and I th- I think you could see why I think he's worthy of your time so now this is as good a time as any um I'm gonna have uh, invite him to read uh you know and this is very much not like a normal podcast where I'm gonna have him read two sentences he's gonna read the whole 15 minutes worth so why'd you
1: pick this story it's I think it's a fun story to read it's about a man in India who goes to pay his electric bill that is overstated and he has a lot of trouble convincing anyone what the problem is it's just a fun story to read it's from my book notes of a mediocre man stories of India and America There are 18 stories in the book, half set in India, half in in the US. And this is one of the Indian stories. And they all deal with outsiders, with small people trying to come to terms with the world of bigness, applause, success, which is what the modern world is. As an American,
0: I have read the story and you were probably going to have a challenge. And the challenge is this, it's very accessible. But the frustrations that the protagonist has are brought so that you can feel them because it's not concise he goes through the same problem again and again and american sensibility is going to make you say oh i think i'm going to turn this off but to really you know what is good in writing in my judgment is creating memories this story will create a memory for you as long as you don't get impatient It enables you to, the redundancy enables you to experience the frustration, experience, feel the frustration that the protagonist has. So with that,
1: I give you Bipin Aurora reading the bill. I will begin uh, almost at the beginning and read just the first half of the story. Again this is a man about, in India, who goes to pay his electric bill and finds that it's his argument is that the bill is overstated. One day he was at the Desu, Delhi Electric Supply Undertaking, office in South Delhi. There was a problem with the electric bill for one of the houses. The bill obviously wrong. It was overstated by 3,000 rupees. He went to discuss the bill. They said that he was at the wrong office. He went to the second office. The girl was sick, she had not come in today. He went to the third office, there were six people in line ahead of him. He waited patiently and then impatiently for fifty minutes. At last his turn came. But just as he arrived at the glass window, a cardboard sign was put up behind the window. Tea, it said simply. What is this? The hours, sir, the hours of operation are posted. He looked at the hours posted on the wall to the right. Open 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. At present it was 11.20. He looked at his watch to confirm the time and looked again at the sign. You should be open, he said. It is time for tea, sir. What is this? A man needs his tea, sir. Again, he looked at his watch. 11.20, that is exactly what it said. 11.20, not 12, not even close to 12. Ramesh Thakur felt the blood rush to his face. I have been to three offices already. I have received a bill. The bill is a mistake, a mistake. A hypothesis, sir. What is this? You say, sir, that the bill is a mistake. That is a hypothesis. The host repeated the same word. He seemed to take pride in it. Ramesh Thakur again felt the blood rush to his face. He was about to lose his temper. He should not do it. He wanted to tell the man many things. The man should be told many things. But what would that accomplish? No, no, better to control himself. Hypothesis sir, the world is filled with hypotheses. Thus continued the other. Men make statements but they're not scientific. They do not verify them. No observations sir, no testing. And so the hypothesis remains that, a hypothesis, nothing more. Ramesh Thakur looked at the other aghast. The impotence of the man, the audacity. You go from house to house, you dust. You dust the sofas, the tables, the mantelpiece. You go from office to office trying to solve a simple problem. A problem that you did not create. A problem that should be solved. And yet, and yet. The blood had risen to remains Thakur's face. But what need was there for a fight? A fight did it not turn into a war? A war led to more wars. More wars led to more wars still. No, no, better to control oneself. Better to. Tea, yes, yes, he suddenly added. Every man deserves his tea. He did not want to speak in this way, but somehow the words came out, and he knew or did he that it was the right and prudent thing to say. Every man deserves his tea. Please go and drink. Please go and enjoy. I will stand here. Wait. When you come back, we will talk. Yes, yes, the other added, more accommodating now, wagging his head, even that. We will talk. The day is young. Men need to talk. If they do not talk, the sentence was left dangling here, unfinished. And the other left, left to drink his tea. Ramesh Thakur watched him from the back as he walked away. The man walked into some back room to the right. The man greeted someone in the room, who Ramesh Thakur could not say. Then the man gently kicked the door closed behind him. Lucky man, impotent man. Ramesh Thakur stood at the narrow blue counter. He tapped impatiently on the counter with his fingers. But then he realized what he was doing. He stopped the tapping. Better to be patient, he said. Patience is a virtue, and impatience did not even our teacher tell us once is a vice. Ramesh Thakur waited, waited. Five minutes passed, 10, 15 minutes passed. The door in the back opened a peep. Then it closed again. The blood rushed to Ramesh Thakur's face. He controlled himself. Consciously, deliberately, he controlled himself. Twenty minutes passed, twenty-one, two more. The door opened again, this time more, more. Someone, was it the esteemed one himself, emerged at the doorway, stretching wide his arms on each side. Ramesh Thakur began to tap on the counter, then realized what he was doing and checked himself. There was some lint on his shirt. He flicked at it with his right hand. His heart was racing. A lackey, a low-class lackey, and he was putting him through all this. The lackey, the esteemed one, was indeed making his way from the back room. He came in through the entrance to the right. He walked slowly, slowly to the counter. The cardboard sign was there. Consciously, deliberately, slowly, he began to lift it. The people in line behind Ramesh Thakur brushed against him. Please, please, said Mr. Thakur in some anger, turning slightly, his voice rising. I've been waiting for over one hour. Kindly wait, kindly wait for your turn. The others were not so impressed. Kindly wait, please wait. A few controlled themselves, but others propelled by still others behind them kept pushing. Order, order, called out the lackey. Everyone will get his turn. He looked at the clock on the wall. Only 14 minutes before lunch. Time is precious. Control yourself. If you wish to be served, kindly control yourself." The voice of the lackey, screechy loud, seemed to have had an effect. Mr. Thakur had spoken up twice. Nothing but this lackey, this lackey. Time is precious. Mr. Thakur was tempted to scream at the other. But beggars cannot be choosers. He controlled himself. Again, he did it. The other pulled up to the glass window, spoke through the metal grills in the middle. What is the problem, sir? This bill, as I was saying before, the bill is a mistake. How is it a mistake? As I was saying before, before the tea break, tea break, he felt the words to be unnecessary. The bill is an error, an obvious error. It is overstated by 3,000 rupees. 3,000 rupees the normal bill you see I brought the bills for the past month the month before that the month before that yes yes go on the normal bill is 300 rupees this bill is 3300 a computer error I'm sure a human error an extra three was added the other stood on the other side of the glass window examined the bill did you have a big function A big function, no, no, of course not. A birthday party, a lot of lights, a wedding perhaps. No, no, there was no wedding. You have daughters, a son. Why is that important? They are young, they need to be married off. A party is held, a big party. Guests come, important guests. They come from all parts of the country. There is a big electric bill. Mr. Tucker looked at the other. No, no, no such thing. There is a function, yes. The people come, they like to come. From Pune they come, from Patiala, From Kanpur they come, from Karnataka, They come, they come, from Manipur, from Madras. Mad, was this man mad? Did he like geography? Did he want to show off his knowledge of geography? Guests, I told you, there were no guests. Party, function, there was no such thing. Why then is the bill so big? That is my point, exactly my point. It is a mistake, an error. The other looked at the bill again. A hypothesis, he said. A hypothesis? The bill is an error, you say, a mistake. A hypothesis, nothing but a hypothesis. A hypothesis, was he back to that same thing again? I have showed you the bills from the previous months, 300 rupees, now 3,300 rupees. It is a big difference, the same house, two bedrooms, two baths, a kitchen. It is a mistake, it has to be. Two bedrooms, you say, two baths? Attached baths, one to each bedroom? Attached, not attached, what difference should it make? But Mr. Thakur controlled himself. One bath attached, one not attached. Attached bathrooms, Mr. Thakur, they have a much greater value in the market. Yes, yes, I agree. But only one bath is attached, the other is not so. And the other suddenly seemed lost in thought. He looked into space, the thin air. He seemed almost saddened by the situation, as if attached bathrooms were the most important thing in the world, as if one bathroom not being attached was a sadness, a loss, and not just a general sadness and loss, but a sadness and loss to him. Mr. Tucker stared at the other. Was it in disgust? Was it in awe? He had come to the office to point out an error, an obvious error, and now this. Had the world gone mad? Had it gone completely mad? They talked for some time. The people in line behind Mr. Takur began to grow impatient. They had always been impatient. Now they were only more so. The lackey looked at the bill a second time. He looked at the bill for the previous month, the bill for the month before that. He took a wooden ruler and placed it under some line on the first bill. The second bill, the same. The third bill, the same. Then he lined up the bills together, again put his ruler in the needed places. He did this for some time. At last he looked up at Mr. Thakur, shook his head. The bills do not match, he said with some finality. Exactly, said Mr. Thakur, exactly, that is just my point. There was a pause. Two bills are the same, one is bigger. Exactly, exactly, that is just the point. The lackey seemed lost in thought. Was he thinking of something deep? Was he about to reach a decision? Had he reached it already? At last he looked up, he smiled at the other. Are you sure there was no function? No, no, no function. No wedding, no party. No, no, nothing like that. We must have a meeting on this. Meeting? Mr. Takur was intrigued by the word. There would be progress, a good thing. But this meeting, when would it be held? Where? Who would be present? Mr. Takur was about to give voice to these questions, but the other was wise, he spoke up instead. Lunch, he said suddenly. What is this? Lunch, he said. There was a short pause. It is 12 o'clock, Mr. Takur. He pointed to the clock on the wall. One minute passed. I have already overworked. There are rules here, guidelines. I cannot contravene the guidelines. Contravene, what kind of word was that? Was it an actual word? The man had just taken a tea break. Mr. Tucker was about to speak, to rant, to rail, but he controlled himself. An audible sigh escaped from the people behind him. Mr. Tucker turned slightly and looked over his shoulder. Damn it, said someone. Bitch, said a second. But I brought my lunch, said a third. I'm prepared. Cards, does anyone want to play cards? Mr. Tucker was bewildered at the goings-on, but what could he do? He turned to the important host. When will lunch be over, he said. The other had already taken his cardboard sign, a different sign this time, and put it on the glass behind the window. Lunch, it said in block letters. When will lunch be over, Mr. Takur ventured again. The hours are posted, Mr. Takur. Mr. Takur looked at the sign posted on the wall to the right. But two o'clock, he protested, he almost wailed. I have been here for hours. I'm not a young man. We've spoken, spoken for 10 minutes. The other seemed offended, genuinely so. 10 minutes, Mr. Thakur? I was here attending to you, attending at 11.46. It is now well past 12, lunch hour, lunch. Mr. Thakur looked at the clock, two minutes past 12. A man has to eat, Mr. Thakur. Is he a servant to all the people who come, who dare to come? Is he not human? Does he not deserve dignity, peace? What of my peace, Mr. Thakur was tempted to blurt out? but he controlled himself, again he did it. No, no, right, quite right, somehow the words escaped from his lips. How they escaped, he could not say. Perhaps some angel was guiding him. Two o'clock, my good sir, I will be here, right here. The other had heard enough. He had already turned his back and was on his way. Mr. Takur sighed, turned to those in line behind him. Can I go and sit somewhere, come back at two? Will I be at the front of the line? The others laughed, they laughed out loud. First come, first serve, someone from the back of the line called out. What is this? First come, first serve. But I was here first. You leave the line, Mr. Takur, you're no longer first. There was logic to the words. Could he deny the logic? A man needs to go out and to stretch his legs, but so what? To go to the bathroom, but so what? Logic is logic, it cannot be denied. So I'll stop here, and this is uh, just the first half of the story. The second half is to follow. Again, it's from the book Notes of a Mediocre Man, Stories of India and America. And it's available on the Internet, Amazon and other places. So sometimes, I, of course,
0: found myself laughing in sadness of it all. Obviously, on one level, um, the story is about a parody of bureaucracy and uh, issue of patience was there is there another level that you want to share with us of what it's about
1: no i think it's uh, dealing with i've dealt with bureaucracy on behalf of myself and my parents my whole life both in the u.s and in india this story happens to be set in india but i've seen versions of this uh, all over the united states and i'm sure there are people throughout the world in iran or germany or anywhere who have had some similar experience this is perhaps an exaggeration of it but not by much what would you do if you were actually that guy
0: which guy the, the, you know n- I don't mean the bureaucrat I mean the, you were the guy who had the $3,300 bill for the $300 you know it should be 300. what would you have actually done you showed up there at 10 o'clock in the morning what would you have actually done
1: exactly the same thing because when really you, when you're dealing with bureaucrats they are the ones oh in power they are the ones in power. They cannot be fired whether it's in India or here. And I've done that kind of thing, being infinitely patient dealing oh with God. dealing with IRS or immigration or Social Security or anything on behalf of my parents oh I've, done my it God. My, I've done it my whole life
0: I would have probably either killed him or myself <laughs> one of the two speaking of suicide anyway um anything else you want to say about I don't think you held up the book by the way I to do the, the, the commercial thing I'm going to hold the book in front of the camera so this is it notes of a mediocre man how can they find it Amazon
1: and from the publisher Guernica editions and an Amazon Barnes and Noble there you go okay
0: so now is there anything more you want to say before i read you my indian story
1: no thank you for having me thank you for giving me this chance
0: but now you've got another chance you're going to listen to me do my little shorter version is about six minutes uh, let me tell you what it's a little bit about and then you can ask me a question then i'll read it and then you can ask me another question how's okay. that okay so this one's called big balls and you'll see why but it's it's about i have a, i'm a career counselor i have a lot of indian clients and uh, being an engineer is a very standard thing for professionals uh, who are indians and it's tremendous it's it's part of the culture family pressure to do it and this is the story of a 52 year old indian who's been a software engineer for a million years and it starts at the moment he's still in his office at 6:30, and he's thinking so let me find the thing and uh, read it to you this thing is called as i said big balls Vijay Patel looked up at the clock, 6.30 p.m. When he first became an engineer, he would have been happy to work for another few hours, but now he sighed and wished he could quit for the night. Actually, he thought about quitting engineering forever. But all those years I invested, India Institute of Technology, IIT, and climbing the ladder, and what would my friends think? my family i could hear my grandfather what you're going to open a restaurant only the lower castes do that actually yes he thought indian food is some of the most interesting and i bring my engineer's perfectionism to it no oily pre-made buffets in fact nothing pre-made everything to order and of course no canned sauces or gulab jamun. fresh vegetables and I'd buy my spices from my friend Vishnu who imports the best cumin coriander clove cinnamon turmeric fenugreek cardamom all of it I'll make the non right each piece fresh in the Tandoor to keep prices down I'll find a location that's good but just dicey enough that the rent will be okay and he did all that and his family ridiculed him his mother said I am embarrassed we all are you're giving up a directorship at Apogee software to open the 10 millionth Indian restaurant idiot his son Subaj was even more vicious you don't know shit about running a restaurant you'll piss away your savings and go bust within a year and then no one will hire you who'd want a software engineer who quit to open a restaurant and failed at age 53. VJ did everything he promised himself that he would and discerning customers returned again and again. But there weren't enough of them. And so slowly, VJ's already marginal business shrank. He felt forced to say yes to the ad salesman who suggested he advertise a 10% off coupon. That didn't help. But Vijay said no to upping it to 25%. I will not give 25% of what I've worked so hard for. And that's also what he said to the delivery services doordash grubhub caviar but now Vijay was bleeding serious money and decided to stop minimizing the problem with his son who was a marketing manager his son subai said finally thank you dad for coming clean let me market your business i can make it successful the only thing i ask is that you give me three months to do it my way if you don't like the results you can go back to your way Vijay felt he had no choice. And Subaj sprung into action. He decided that the key would be to make the restaurant a cool option for Gen Zers. Vijay's Indian restaurant? Stodgy. Mumbai Mambo? Better, but Mambo is for old people. Ah. We'll make the Gulab Jaman, which is round dessert balls, huge and we'll call the restaurant Big Balls. Decor? We can save cheap posters of Gen Z performers and we can name dishes and drinks after them like Beyonce biryani and the Taylor Swift cocktail it gets you drunk swiftly we'll bring in live music I know I can convince Gen Z cover bands to do it for exposure to their target market plus it's a date magnet waiters I'll visit a few malls and hire away good cell phone salespeople offering them commission on appetizers drinks high-priced entrees and desserts and to help them and myself I'll have tabletop tents for appetizers drinks and desserts our plates are stupid yeah they're hand-painted from India but the rims are narrow that means you got to put more food on the plate to make it look full enough I'll steal a lesson from frou-frou restaurants ultra wide rim plates and in white so the contrast with the food's color makes it look like there's more food on the plate and no more free non and I'll charge a lot for it I don't want them filling up on bread I want them to pay for big ticket high margin stuff the drinks the appetizers the entrees the dessert to further discourage none while saving money no more making it fresh in the Tandoor store-bought and thrown in the microwave and it took too long for dad to make the dishes to order so I'm going to use canned sauces they're not bad I'll have the busser put them in the plastic bags you see in the dumpster in the back of a Fou Italian restaurant I once saw a bunch of empty cans of canned sauce I don't want my customers to see I use that but using canned sauce I need to get dad out of the kitchen maybe I can do it if I flatter him into saying he'd be a great maitre d no on second thought nah wrong demographic I'm going to use hot college girls I gotta get him to work just in the back office he said he'd give me three months to do it my way okay on to publicity I'll make funny 30-second videos on tiktok and insta like holding up the big balls and organic is hot so I'll say we love organic that doesn't mean it needs to be 100 percent organic maybe just some organic spices will do I'm not allowed to solicit Yelp or Google reviews but I can get around that I'll tell the waiters that whenever a customer praises the restaurant to give a card a little business card that I would print up on one once I would have a gen Z oriented riddle like when does one plus one equal three when you don't use a condom on the back the card will say we're loved on Yelp and Google that'll get the point across without our soliciting reviews I'll need media reviews so I'll research all the main restaurant reviewers and find their hot button for example if I see one who also reviews weed I'll send them a joint of super primo stuff not so much that it seems like a bribe but enough to make them laugh to feel good about me and then come review my restaurant and I am going to use DoorDash Grubhub and Caviar I'll hire some kid to go to nearby office buildings go to each office and offer to leave some takeout menus with the receptionist i'll start with moderate prices but raise them as soon as i can not only does the public foolishly assume that higher price means better food the bigger profit will get me a higher price when i sell the business which i will do as soon as business starts to level off vj fought nearly all of that the bodle rising of his ethically crafted restaurant but Subaj kept reminding him of their deal three months it didn't happen within three months but six months later Subaj got his father to agree to sell Big Balls to Restaurant Holdings Group Inc., which promised we'll have the restaurant honor VJ's legacy while maintaining Subaj's modern focus. But a year later, the Restaurant Holding Group Inc. gutted VJ's restaurant to the studs and replaced it with the latest hot restaurant concept. Anyway, that story is called Big Balls. Reactions.
1: I love the details one and the, the the naming of the restaurant big balls is a classic I think <laughs> very well done. my just a b- basic question mm-hmm. do you have a lot of Indian clients yes
0: Really? oh my god yes in yeah. India, all Asian clients Eastern Indian West Indian and Jews
1: are my most common clients so you and obviously you'd like Indian food so you've been to a lot I love
0: of, I you can see I've been to a few Indian unfortunately including the oily buffets
1: I think that the details are just and one when is one plus one not two that's a wonderful line <laughs> anyway um i want you to have the last word now
0: as i said at the beginning of the show nearly everyone has some creative instinct in them. sometimes it's writing some of this painting sometimes it's singing whatever as a guy who's older we both are we're a similar age bracket what advice would you give to the largely younger people who have a creative instinct but need to be realistic about
1: its remunerative potential lack thereof I think Uh, the, the advice would be just stay true to yourself people are going to say it's not going to make money but that's fine you have to think of your soul but you have to be also aware that please do not measure yourself by am I a success or not or more importantly does society consider me a success or not because those terms change all the time over the generations and most important of all it doesn't matter whether they change or not you have to be true to yourself what comforts you what suits you what suits your soul that's what's important I don't think we can be our true
0: to ourselves in our regular work world but when you write or you paint or you sing you can be that's one of the few bits of remuneration now he's not going to get much money from this but you can see this is a good man a thoughtful man I do encourage you to go to Amazon because it's easiest to get it from Amazon and look up notes of a mediocre man Bippin Aurora thank you Marty for having me thank, thank you, you for being my guest my pleasure I like to end all of these podcasts by inviting you to uh, welcome your thumbs up and accept your thumbs down I always look forward to your comments and I'm sure Bippin will too and I especially like it if you hit the share button below and share on your social media so that our efforts can have broader impact. And I am flattered if you choose to subscribe to my channel. And I do like to end every show with my favorite quote, which I believe is more relevant now than ever. It is not from me. It is from Frank A. Clark. We find comfort among those who agree with us. Growth among those who don't. You've been listening to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. For comments on the show or to consult with Dr. Marty Nemko, his email address is mnemko at comcast.net. Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.